hey, this is Russell, and I work at the video store. Interesting people pop in each week to rent something. We go over all the films they've loved across the way, and we are here to help you figure out what you could be watching on streaming platforms and out in cinemas here in South Africa. I love this job because when the store is quiet, I also get to watch movies and series and talk about them with all my good friends that I love so dearly. All right, let's get into it. Welcome to the video store. Let's open up the shop. All right, top of the morning. It is the morning. It certainly is the morning, Gaddy. How are you doing? How are you feeling? Yo, it's, it's, it was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everyone, and welcome to the video store. My name is Russell. I am joined with Gaddy here, and we are still reeling after our past weekend spent at Comic-Con. Yeah, and so wonderful. It was wonderful. And this is our special Comic-Con episode. Welcome to it. We are here at the start of our day at the video store. We're busy opening up shop. We're busy packing the shelves, getting ready. And then a bunch of interesting people are going to pop in to rent something over the course of the day. And then please stick around for what is the cash up at the end of the day when it gets quiet. Myself and Caddy will talk a little bit more. But um, oh, we moved the video store to Comic-Con. <laughs> exactly. Last weekend, we decided to take a stand, uh, literally. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and we just wanted to, to, to meet more people. Um, last year's Comic-Con, when I walked around, we just started the podcast. And I thought, you know, this is why conventions exist. For you to just be in front of people and... And just really have the chance to to get your 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 business out there to the right people. And of course, we then thought that the video store needed a stand, so we took one for this year. And I really am grateful and glad that we did it. It was four days of super hard work. <laughs> <laughs> My voice is fucked. Lots of standing. Lots of standing, but we met really great people. 100%, and yeah. and I think what we devised was this chance to. To, to engage just for five to ten minutes with people about the movies that they loved. So what we did is we set up a mini video store. So we had a stand of movies that we put up. And if you liked us on Instagram and if you followed us on social media, we gave you a chance to pick a movie from a shelf. And uh, we wanted to see what that said about you. So inside each of the DVD boxes, we had little cards. And over the course of the weekend, we either wrote them together or had pre-written these sort of funny things about what it said about you and of course in a couple of them were some prizes so a bunch of people won some really cool stuff but over the course of those five to ten minutes um, we hoped that you were able to focus on what we were talking about which was the podcast yeah. and and hopefully that resonated we are very aware that there were hundreds thousands of other stalls that you engaged with and so our hope was to just take, yeah, have you sort of take refuge for about five, ten minutes and, and get to know us. And we met some amazing people. Yeah, my favorite of the, um, if you didn't win a prize, sometimes we put in a little note. I think the sound of music was uh, 
Mary Poppins wasn't sad enough for you. Yeah, <laughs> people love that. Um, in Mamma Mia, we had a little card that said "Daddy Issues?" Question mark. Um, and uh, I guess probably one of the highlights for you, Gad, was that you got to meet Anthony Daniels. Yeah, that was that was incredible. So obviously, Anthony Daniels was the only actor who was in every single Star Wars movie. He was who? C-3PO. Who is C-3PO, Gad? For the people who don't know. He's the gold guy. This is the gold robot. The little gold robot. Who would hang around with the little white and blue robot. That's right. He's been in every Star Wars movie. So in Solo, he wasn't C-3PO. He played another role. Oh, but he was in the movie. He was in the movie. Um, Was he always in the suit itself? So... I think except in episode one, when he was like basically under construction and he was kind of oh, open, right. then yeah. he just did the voice. But otherwise, yeah, he's also known as a physical actor. So so he literally was in the gold suit. Yeah. Because he's a, he's a small dude. I mean, he's not, he's not too small. But okay. He's, but yeah, uh, basically the reason C-3PO would always walk around with his head arched backwards was because that's the only way he was able to see through the, the ice lots. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, so Comic-Con each year will have people um, come out that you pay a little extra and then you can get into a proper meet and greet, a proper organized meet and greet um, where you can get a photo taken and you can get that photo signed. And of course, I think the highlight was was this guy, was Anthony Daniels. Yeah, I mean, there there was the lady who did the voice for Ash in Pokemon. That's and a couple, cool. And a couple of other, I mean, for some people, that's that's their Anthony Daniels. Totally. And of course, so Anthony Daniels was your Anthony Daniels. <laughs> and um, and uh, I just love the fact that, you know, the podcast has these other guys like Gad help and um, your co-workers. And then I, I sort of offered to pay a petrol stipend to you guys for the time. And Gad, you said, as long as you get me in the meet and greet, (laughs) (laughs) I'll come and help you for two days solid. So thank you for your time, Gaddy. You put in two days and Cole um, Matthews, who's the other chap who works here at the video store, he did the other two days. Graham uh, wanted to be involved, but he he went away um, with his family, a well-deserved break. Um, And so for four days, we worked bloody hard. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was fun. it was great hanging out with you and with everyone that we yeah. met. I met some amazing people. Yeah. So what we've done is in the spirit of the video store where interesting people are popping in to rent something. And it's usually one person a week. And we have a longer form chat of about an hour. What we've done here is we've done a more condensed version with four people. And what we've done is we've picked really the people that we treasure and the people that we think made our Comic-Con. So the first person is a cosplayer who goes under the name Kashmir Tart, who I have followed for a number of years ever since I first met her. We'll get into it in the, in the chat. And I think she is the perfect embodiment of the spirit of Comic-Con because over those four days, often 20,000 people a day, we saw so many people dressed up. And I think that really embodies the spirit of Comic-Con, which is you taking the time, taking the effort. Whole families were dressed up. So mom, dad, little kids. Um, but almost one in one in three were dressed up. So it, yeah. was, it was a lot of people that were in such amazing outfits. And of course, as a, as a cosplayer, um, this is what she does 
pretty much full time and um and I think she perfectly embodies that spirit and it was great to see her work in the days she had two or three outfits a day sometimes like a like she was hosting the Oscars <laughs> um and is just a, a d- lovely delightful person and I think it's just so interesting that someone's able to carve out this kind of profession for themselves and get to do what they love yeah I, I met a guy cosplaying as Billy Butcher from the boys who I'm still not quite sure it might have he, been him he was uh he was with her yeah uh, he was part of that that the group that that sort of traveled together with her so good no it was lovely it was really cool and i think it was such a nice conversation starter for us because we could step into the crowd walking past us and go what a cool outfit or who are you or what is that and we actually made friends through that and i think that is what everyone going to comic-con who participates in this way, I think that's what they get out of it. I think they meet each other, like-minded people that love the same things that they love, so much so that you want to dress up. So it's this kind of spirit of Halloween, and I I really felt that, and I really appreciated that. So let's do this. Let's have our first um, person pop in. So this is the cosplayer. After this, we've got the writer. Then we've got the artist, and then we've got the filmmaker. So we've got the 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 four the four pillars of our of our chat today. So please stick around, um, but let's get into it. This is the first one. This is Cashmere Tart popping in to rent something. All right. Okay. It's very chaotic, very noisy, but it's lovely. How are you? I'm lovely, thank you. I'm having a really good time. It's just boiling. <laughs> it's boiling. Yeah. Yeah. So today, hot. today is not as bad as I think it was Friday. Friday was terrible, it but was yesterday scorcher. because it was so full, it was quite hot inside as well. <laughs> yeah. So listen, I'm, I'm. The first time we met was at one of my silly ideas, which was the late night arcade. Yes. And you, funny enough, came to the very first one. Yes, of course. I and, love events. And um, what was very cool about it, it was it was uh, the same day as Rage. Yes. And so you came in an, uh, in a Harley Quinn outfit. Of course. And of course you, you know, it was so cool to see you in your like full getup, <laughs> and it made our party a little better. So thank you for that. Aww, thank you so much. It was fun doing it in cosplay. Yeah, and then I followed you, and it's been cool to see everything that you do. So perhaps just explain, yeah, what what is your life? <laughs> so I pretty much started out as a makeup artist in the fashion and film industry. Okay. Um, yeah, I kind of graduated to doing cosplay full time because uh, I was so involved in the in the gaming industry that I just got to quit my full time makeup job and now this you is do this full time. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's wild. Yeah, I'm I'm really blessed. I'm really lucky, but I did work really really hard to get here. Of course, of course, everyone <laughs> everyone works very hard. Um, so so how how would it work? Like how is it working this weekend? So for instance, I do not compete. Um, I competed in a lot of things when I was younger, so I'm really done with the competition life. Okay. I like working with brands. So for instance, this weekend I worked with uh, Warner Brothers. Okay. So we promoted Mortal Kombat. That is what my kids. 
Joanna is for, so I'm just kind of giving her a spin today as well. Okay. And then yesterday and today, I work with Carrie First. So they're doing a Valorant comp because Valorant just got service in South Africa. What is that? Sorry, I'm a little so, bit of a so new... So it's a first-person shooter game. It's really, okay. really fun. It's it's kind of a mashup between Counter-Strike and Overwatch. Do you play a lot of games yourself? I, I do. I stream RPGs, but I don't really play shooter games that much. I'm terrible at shooter games. Okay, I've never been too much of a gamer person. So do they give you like a, a fee for the weekend? So or is they, like would, um, they would, for instance, commission the cosplay. So they pay the fee of me making the cosplay. And then they pay an appearance fee as well. So then they pay me for the amount of hours I stand there. And I take an unlimited amount of pictures. And then they've got free usage of whatever pictures were taken that day. Because you've also got a booth, right? I've got a signing booth tomorrow, yes, to sell my cosplay prints. So and is I've that is that for you personally? That's for me personally, for my cosplay, yeah. Oh, cool. Is there enough stuff in the year to, to make it full-time? So uh, my social media is a big source of income for me as well. So because I... I, for instance, have a collaboration with uh, Elizabeth Arden as well this weekend. Oh, So cool. I work with both makeup brands and gaming brands and kind of everything in between. So because I studied fashion and I was a makeup artist, but I'm also a gamer, I kind of got my niche to find everything from the one to the other and everything in between. Oh, that's wild. So throughout the okay, year, so, yeah. Okay, so week on week, it could be with those guys making, yeah, and you're an influencer in that yeah, regard. Yeah, pretty much. Cool. I also have an income from my Twitch because I am affiliated on Twitch as well. So okay, so that's people watching you. Watching me, subbing, gifting, all of that. Okay. Yeah, I've got a pretty cool community. What a cool life. Yeah. I, I say that about myself sometimes where I can... My main thing is owning the Bioscope, which is a cinema yes. here in Joburg. Dope. And then uh, the, we've got a clothing company and we've got Amazing. this podcast. And it's yeah. nice when you, when you get to kind of live your dream. And it feels so, I feel so lucky to be able to, um, you know, I'm turning 30 in Jan. Congrats. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I'm a big kid doing kind of like a, a very unserious job. Yeah. Um, my mom doesn't really get what I do, but it's yeah. amazing. She's so supportive. Um, so yeah, it's pretty cool to be able to do something that really generally isn't considered as being a job. Yeah, it's different. and it doesn't it feel, feel and it doesn't feel like that. Absolutely. Do you, you spend most of your time like making the stuff? Hey? Yeah, definitely. So my cosplays are a combination of sewing, three um, D printing, and then also crafting with like EVA foam and things like that. And yeah. that comes from the fashion background. Fashion background, and also just kind of you learn along the way. Yeah. If you don't know how to make it, there's a YouTube video for us. <laughs> and now, are you making videos that show the process? Um, I'm terrible at making videos because I craft like a gremlin. Like, I would craft in the middle of the night in front of the TV with a little blanket. Yeah. It's really dodgy. Um, but people have been asking a lot for process videos, so I really need I think to that could be cool. start doing it. Yeah. Okay, so what we do here at the video store, generally the idea is that you've come into the video store to rent something. Uh -huh. So that's what we do each week. Yes. So we're doing a sort of lightning version of it for the sake of the, the Comic-Con. Um, we ask guests what the films were that they've loved across their life. So yes. we'll do a quick little cool. go through of your life, cool. if you don't mind. Basically, it's your relationship with films, with your, films. the films you've loved. And we liken them, we've got a few different categories, and we liken them to the kinds of relationships you were having at that time in your life. So the first film is your puppy love film, which is like primary school, nursery school, 
Jurassic Park. Okay. Yeah. Red. So for some reason, my kindergarten had a VHS tape of Jurassic Park, and okay. some teacher showed it to us, and I was. And it upstairs. didn't freak you. It didn't freak you out. No, I love dinosaurs. I was like, oh my god, where do I get one? Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, if only they could still be around. Yeah. <laughs> um, then over in high school, we have the high school crush film, which is like perhaps a little more dangerous in a sense because you're now in high yeah. school. Where yeah. did you grow up? Um, I grew up in Pretoria and I went to an all-girls school in Pretoria. Oh, shit. Which yeah. one? Afis. Okay. Yeah. How was that? It was amazing. Very Afrikaans, yeah. but very amazing. Yeah. I remember hearing about the Afis boys' school. And that they had so many guys playing rugby, they had an S team. Oh, yes. No, absolutely. I mean, they take rugby really seriously. I was in a hostel for quite some time as well. Oh, sure. um, so you would go over and watch the games, especially if it's the town team playing against the hostel team. Oh, oh God. my God. It's even more serious than when we play Pretoria Boy Highs. And, um, okay, so were you maybe watching films with your friends in the hostels? Do you remember any kind of... Films that stuck out? Um, we used to watch Jackass a lot. <laughs> nice. No judgment. No judgment. We 100% watched ja a Jackass. But my big loves were Sucker Punch. Um, okay. Sucker Punch what is what got one? me into cosplaying the Zack Snyder movie. Okay. Yeah. It, it's kind of like the, the whole movie feels like one big music video. <laughs> okay, Red. Yeah, it's very dope. That was my first ever cosplay was Baby Doll when I was 18 okay. at Rage. Um, so that was my first real big love. I made my first friends watch that movie so many times. Sucker Punch, uh, what's it about? Uh, it's about these five girls who live in this kind of institution, okay. but it's kind of a mix between, it's got anime influences and it's oh, almost like a cool. fighting, it looks almost like a game, it's shot like a game. Oh cool, and yeah, then, so very cool. that inspired you to create that outfit? Yeah, well, so back then I was terrible at sewing, so I ordered the outfit online and I okay. cosplayed to Rage. Okay. And and then after that, when I started learning how to sew, then I started making my own things. Uh, interesting. So it was pretty much that. And then... So you can see the format of the podcast works. Yeah. Which is yeah. that the movies that you've watched across your life have made... a have huge made, impression. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the video store um, close to my house, I went there all the time, like yeah. every week. They had a special where if you rented five films, five old ones, I think yeah. it was like 40 bucks. Yeah. And I used to rent Fight Club so many times oh, that shit. when I moved abroad, the guys at the video store gifted me the Fight Club oh, DVD. They were like, they're like, you've pretty much <laughs> yeah, paid for no, this. I freaking love that movie. Um, did you read the book? I did read the book. It's, I've it's read good. a few of Chuck Palahniuk's books. It's cool, right? Yeah, it's freaky, but it's cool. Some it's of different. It, some of it gets really dark. Really, I read uh, Damned and Doomed, and I don't suggest that for Damned the faint of heart. Uh, the one that I haven't, I haven't read that. The one that 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 affected me was Haunted. I haven't read Haunted yet. It's it's like short stories, oh, and some of no, them are I like. I definitely need to. But Damned and Doomed, it's about hell essentially. Okay. Um, but it's. Definitely very disturbing. Wild. <laughs> yeah, very um, disturbing. And I know Choke is another one that was adapted. It's on Disney Plus, I think. It's on, which is another one of his books that got made into a movie. I read the one, I think it was called, 
my goodness. Lullaby as well. No, I remember the mouth on the book. I think it was something like lust or something like that. Oh, yes, that was about the like shooting of the porno. Yeah, it was freaking weird. Mm. Like, I yeah. read that when I was a student, and okay. I was like, terrible time. <laughs> so, we've got one more, uh, which is, um, well, I'm skipping one or two, but uh, curious to know whether there was a film that you were like too young to watch. So maybe like a horror or something and it like, it kind of affected you. <laughs> oh, I am extremely claustrophobic. Okay. And when I was a kid, um, I went over to my friend's house for a swim and she was like, no, I've got this movie. It's very scary. We have to watch it. My mom said we can't watch it, so we have to watch it. Oh, shit. What it's was called that? The Core. The and core. it's these people that go down. I think Hilary Swank was in it. Oh, they go down the into the earth. the earth. Yeah. And I couldn't sleep for weeks. I was scared. Oh. I just couldn't. So did it give you a sense of claustrophobia? Claustrophobia. And I just never considered the fact that you could go into the earth. Wild. Like, my mind kind of... I was so young. I think I was maybe like nine or ten yeah so i was like you could go that deep what if you get stuck yeah. so now movies that freak me out the most isn't necessarily anything like poltergeist or anything like yeah. that it's like it's more the, um, root, the, the, the descent where they go into okay. the cave so anything where people okay, go yeah. into spots they don't they shouldn't be going mm. that's there's, my scary movie there's that um there's that uh, uh mini series about the thai soccer team that got stuck in the caves yes Yes. And they do it really yes. well. And that also, that, and, okay. and it makes you feel like you just mm. quite, you want to get out of your skin at one point. Okay. Yeah. I got one more. Cool. Okay, I appreciate your time. Thanks for Hi making for this it. time. Um, it's the film you would settle down with. So that's that's maybe you haven't made it yet, but it's the film that you could like always go to. Your, Comfort movie. Your yeah your. The, you know, uh, I think you're uh, going to get married, hey? You, yes, you, you've got, I've just met your fiancé. So it's it's that film, the film that you could settle down with. Fifty First Dates. Ah, yeah. cool. I saw that. Um, it was a really rainy day in Durban when I was a kid, and my mom took me to watch that. And ever since I saw it for the very first time, yeah. I was like, that is the most spectacular thing I've ever seen. It's, it's so wholesome, so it's human. Lovable. It's lovable. Fun. Yeah. And I'm okay. not a love story person. If you give okay. me the most whacked out situations and you're like, look how these two people survive this, I love that. Okay. But normal drama I'm not really into. So Fifty First Days was out there enough to get me hooked. <laughs> Lovely. Oh, listen, I appreciate it. Thank and you I appreciate so much. your time and yeah. I hope you have a great weekend. Thank you very much. It was so much fun visiting your video store. Thank and you. And I see Fight Club right there. Yeah. <laughs> We've got this lovely video store behind us here, so thank you. Of course, yeah, it's a pleasure. Okay, cool. Cool, Hundreds. Cheers. All right, what a lovely chat. What a great person. <laughs> and as I said, it was just so cool to see her work, work the con, so to speak. She would be stationed at certain places and people would line up to take photos with her. And well, She um, was in full Mortal Kombat gear during yeah. that interview. Yeah, no, it was, it was very cool. I really appreciated her and her team. Um, so big loves to her our next guest to pop in is Sam the delightful Sam Beck Bessinger who is an incredible author most famously known for her book How to Manage Your Money Like a Fucking Grown Up excellent title excellent title cuts through all the bullshit and it really gets to the heart of what most people need which is some tough love to, to help you understand the world and I was excited to see that she was brought out, I think, largely by Exclusive Books, who had a stall at Comic-Con. 
I believe they were the people that effectively brought her out. But she came because she has a, a new book. This is now the fiction book, which you'll come to realize in the chat is um, something she's always wanted to write, which is a book called Girls of Little Hope. Cover looks amazing. Premise looks exciting. It's this kind of yellow jackets-esque, stranger thingsy kind of vibe set in the 90s. Um, lots of uh, yeah, interesting twists and turns. I'm excited to read it. So she wrote it um, in conjunction with uh, a guy called Dale Helverson, and, um, which is kind of interesting to, to have a, a, a fictional partner. It's one thing to have a, a, a research partner or two people writing a, a nonfiction book, but it's interesting that two people wrote a fiction book. Well, Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett both wrote Good Omens. Interesting. I think yeah. they each wrote a chapter. It's just interesting that, you know, especially with something like fiction, it, it sits so firmly in your own imagination that yeah. perhaps you just have this shared imagination or two kind of ideas. of. I mean, often movies are co-written by people. So yeah, as long as sure. they, they probably okay. sit into the layout. No, I just thought that was a little interesting, but, but that makes sense that, that people share those, those well, things. It could be goes, someone goes over and just kind of rewrites it. So mm, I, yeah, maybe, yeah. It, maybe it fleshes it out and gives it more objective look. But... It was so great to meet her because she had uh, developed a relationship with the Bioscope. She did know the Bioscope. And we had hosted her at one point for a series of workshops around that book. So it was cool to catch up and it was cool to have this great chat. She she is such a great person. <laughs> and she stuck around and chatted to Cole about We were talking about horror movies for a good 10 minutes afterwards. Um, and so it was a great treat to talk to her. And of course... As you can see, we've got these series of questions that we ask people in our video store chats. And so it was cool to go through these, the puppy loves, the high school crushes um, with all these guests. So it was very cool to do a little condensed version of that with her. Um, and so let's get into it. Yeah. Waste no time. All right. This is Sam Beck Bessinger popping in to rent something. How's it? Hi. Nice to meet you properly. Yeah, exactly. It's just like you're someone I've known sort of peripherally and known of and been a huge fan of your work for a very long time. Well, thank you. Yeah. We, we hosted you at the Bioscope many years ago. When was that? Oh, uh, must have been like 2019. Um, even more uh, of a special memory is you, you hosted me at the, ho the home cinema factory making my film debut. <laughs> uh, lovely. Okay, so the first thing I'm talking about was you had a, a series of workshops for what is probably one of your more successful books, which is yep. How to Manage Your Money Like a Grown-Up. Like Absol a fucking grown-up. Like a fucking grown-up. Absolutely. Which is, which is one of those special gifts that every now and again someone is able to give the world. Thanks. Which is to cut through the bullshit and give people a guide to life. Yeah, right? thank you. I mean, it, how do you put it? How do you, yeah, how do you sell it's it? A, it's a guide. It's the basics of money management for people who would never pick up a book about money, basically. Which was me through my 20s. And then I ended up in a huge pile of debt because I was like, I hate this shit. I don't want to hear about anything to do with finances. And then ended up like 300,000 rands in debt. And how to manage your money like a fucking grown up is basically the guy that would have prevented me from having gone through all of that. So it's all of my very hard-earned lessons. What what background have you had apart from 
debt. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I studied were creative a, writing. I've okay, always wanted to be a writer. fiction writer. Okay. And then I did the thing that all frustrated wannabe fiction writers end up doing, which is I ended up in advertising. Nice. <laughs> I did my time. Hey, yeah, I know. And like 10 years clean. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one year, uh, one year done. Congratulations! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, got, got my chip. Um, and basically, when my debt got as you know, to its worst, I realized I needed to actually put on my big girl panties and figure out the stuff. And yeah. my my strategy for doing that was that I got myself a job in the finance industry. So I ended up working for a fintech company, okay. uh, and that's kind of how I learned all of the stuff, how I figured yeah. it out. It's basically um, yeah. a sort of a a set of, of just healthy practices, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think this is the thing, is that the problem with the finance industry is it makes it look really opaque and complicated. And that, they you, almost do that on purpose. 100%. And they think that, they make you think to understand finances, you have to understand stocks and shares and rah, 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 endowments and shorting. But really you have it's to understand bullshit. like three fundamental principles and everything else is habits and behavior. The same goes for like wellness and health and like Sports. personal training. Yeah. Like they'll make it sound complicated mm-hmm. so that you go, shit, I need to go to Virgin and, yeah, and I need pay to pay this for this beautiful a, expert man yeah, five million rand for, yeah. for his course, you know. Where really there's a bunch of simple things. It's like don't yeah. eat shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Probably go outside sometimes. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so that's been amazing. And and has it been everything that you've wanted it to be? I mean, a, I, I, I never imagined I could be this totally lucky, honestly. I just feel like I've been so lucky beyond like what I could ever have hoped for. Uh, I, the book really just connected with people. And, and the, and the yeah. lovely irony is that it, it, I would imagine it gave you some money. Yeah, it helped me sort out my money problems. And, and yeah. you knew how to manage it. And so hopefully <laughs> you're not in bad shape. No, it was totally life changing. And yeah. I mean, it, you know, like all things, all good things that happen to you, you know, it, it, my name is on the cover of the book, but it, it only exists because of 30 other people who made it happen yeah. and who gave me that break, you know? Yeah. So it was just it was sheer luck. And I'm, I wake up every day going like, oh, yes. <laughs> I don't know how this happened, but thanks, universe. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that you spoke about was uh, the Home Movie Factory, which yeah. was um, uh, effectively an exhibition. It was an interactive exhibition that we as the Bioscope hosted which was basically the chance for people to come into this factory, which mm-hmm. was this big warehouse space. And long story short, you were able to make like a home movie. Yeah, but what was super fun is we, you had a camera and you couldn't press rewind. You could just go yes. at record and stop. So you couldn't like reshoot anything. And you weren't you weren't given the chance to edit afterwards. Exactly. So the idea was that you had to edit in camera. Yeah, it was like it was you had one take. And yeah. this is it. It was just like it was gonna be a bit bad, but so 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 fun. And it's one of those memories that has stayed with me. I'm glad that that forever. was something for you because we we it was probably one of the most exciting things we've ever set up as the bioscope. Yeah. And of course the whole thing was devised by Michel Gondry, who's mm. this famous French filmmaker who you either know and absolutely love or you've never heard of him before <laughs> but uh, long story short uh, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind be mm. kind rewind he's great you'll yeah. you'll if you don't know him go look um but you are here at comic-con today because you have a is it a new it's a new book yeah it's a new fiction book that i co-authored with a very dear friend del helverson it is a horror mystery book called girls of little hope Uh, And I mean, this has been the thing, like the thing I've always wanted to do is write fiction. And the reason to figure out my financial difficulty was so I can. We needed to do a a (laughs) self-help book first. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I think that uh, 
this is this is the thing I've always wanted to do. And uh, so it's a little bit like Stranger Things meets Twin Peaks meets Stephen King. Nice. Uh, set in the 90s, very infused with Riot Girl culture, zine culture. Cool. Uh, Riot Girl, the, the band, eh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, the, the, the musical movement, basically. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, the, like, like, Bikini Kill is one Bikini of the bands. Bikini Kill was the band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that was super fun. Very retro. Uh, but it's really a story about uh, being a teenage weirdo and how what gets you through is finding fellow weirdos, which is something that those of us at Comic-Con, I think we can all relate to. We all, we all <laughs> a little bit of that. Um, we've got a lovely formula um, for our interviews for the video store, which is to get to hear the films that you've loved across mm. your life. So we usually go into a lot more detail. It's usually an hour-long chat. So we're going to do a little condensed version of it. Amazing. And I'm going to jump straight in at Teenage Weirdo. Oh, okay. Which is one of our categories, which is the, the Teenage Crush film. Oh. So this is the film <laughs> that, that came to you. So let's let's yeah. let's channel the, the Teenage Weirdo. Okay. And, and, and I'm curious to know which, which films you were watching specifically at that time. So, um, in, in, so when I was around 13, 14... The, the obsession was Lord of the Rings. Like the films had just come out. Cool. And my best friend and I were such dogs that we taught ourselves to write Quenya, which is the made up alpha show. <laughs> and we used to send each other secret notes about all of our crushes in class in Quenya. As you can tell, oh, didn't actually get to kiss anyone for very many years after that because <laughs> we were teaching ourselves Quenya. Um, so that was, that was kind of so like cool. my dorkiest phase. Okay. And then after that, I got very, more of my like, really grossly like up my own butt phase where I got nice. quite into like Jodorowsky was my like like Ooh. edgy I'm too cool for you okay. loved really weird stuff and it was particularly Fundo Elise which was my okay I don't a, know that so the, his big one is the Holy Mountain which is yes. very it's visual and beautiful and has so many boobs in it which I think was also part of the appeal sure we've uh, got a, a co-worker Marigold who's yeah. who, who was like that's one of my all times yeah but so Fando Elise is I, now I think it's probably considered quite problematic for a number of reasons yeah um, but it's very stripped back uh, it's just about a couple uh, who are very codependent uh, navigating a black and white desert and weird visual Sounds imagery happens. Sounds as fuck. This is my like totally pretentious. <laughs> this is, I love it though. I'm so much more embarrassed about that phase than my dorky Lord of the Rings obsessed with Aragorn phase, you know? Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Because well, at least the Lord of the Rings phase was lovable. The Jodorowsky phase was like, uh, I bet you haven't even, but you haven't even heard of it. Oh, where, I mean, what, a, what a ass. <laughs> where, where were you? Where did you grow up? Uh, so where I, were you in I high lived school? in Derbs until I was 12 and then I moved to Pretoria so this okay. is also a lot of what the novel's about actually is the f experience of being a weirdo and I was I was I'm bi and so I was also like a queer weirdo growing nice. up in a place that's really like conservative and you feel yeah, like especially no one understands me you know love. where is the book set it's in a fictional town called Little Hope, which is in Northern California. Okay, so um, in your head it was in the States, but yeah. it, it kind of was a little bit Pretoria at the same it's time. Yeah, exactly. It's my, my version of Pretoria. The thing is, like, I felt like we just, we, we knew it, we wanted to set the book in 1996, um, and I just wasn't up to the challenge of writing a book about the 90s in South Africa. Like, it's just too big and the It comes and with complex, a bit too much. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just, I'm not a good enough writer that I think that I can oh, do that. But, so, no, justice, but, but, so, no, but it's more just like, it, it immediately makes it prob not problematic, but it Im immediately makes it difficult. Well, you Especially have to in tackle the mid those 90s because you're like, yeah. Yeah. okay, there's things to address which you sometimes don't want to get into. Sure, I just you want to tell yeah. a, 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 a yeah, weird a, horror story. Um, 
Interesting. Yeah. What, what is the um, quick back of the box of the of the book itself? So, three girls go missing. Oh, uh. Let me try to do my movie. Movie trailer. Three girls. In a world. <laughs> in a world. Called Little Hope. Uh, so three girls uh, living in this tiny town uh, go missing. Okay. And a couple of days later, two of them come back. Okay. And they just sort of walk out the woods and they refuse to talk about what happened. And they refuse to say what happened to their third best friend who's still missing. So that's the beginning of the book. Um, nice. So it kind of starts, it sounds a little bit like you've heard that premise before. Sounds a little bit like a mystery true crime thing. But it very no, quickly spirals into a, something a bit very more. weird, very horror direction. Curious to see whether you've uh, watched a bit of Yellow Jackets? Oh, yeah. So very Yellow Jackets-y. Okay. Um, actually, I mean, this is maybe, uh, it's hard to sort of give movie comps without getting spoiler territory. But there's some specific, there's actually a very specific film uh, that it's, it, it kind of is drawing from quite a lot and is okay. in conversation with. Okay, uh, but you can't say what it is because really it'll give too much away. But I will tell you later. It is one of the greatest horror films ever made, if not the greatest horror film ever oh, made. Of course, now we got to know. But yeah. anyway, but no. But what I loved about Yellow Jackets was what inspired me to bring it up now was the fact that they don't want to talk about it. Yes, exactly. That they don't. They don't want to reveal the depths of yeah. where they. And I think similarly, Wait. yeah, similarly to Yellow Jackets, I think there's a lot of at least you know if, when I was growing up, a lot of horror films were about and horror stories were about terrible things happening to female bodies particularly f teenage girls yeah. and we were really interested in the terrible things that teenage girls do to each other you know not the terrible Ooh. things that are done to them that's interesting which is also kind of what this book is exploring a little okay yeah which is also a yellow jacket scene somewhat yeah. yeah interesting especially yeah. Oh, especially with yellow jackets for those who don't know it's on show max here in south africa um bunch of high school girls get uh a plane crash in the in the middle of the woods and they have to survive. Yeah. So it cuts between them surviving in the winter and them as grown ups not wanting to talk about how yeah. how bad they stooped <laughs> while they were all living in the woods. Yeah. Um, curious perhaps then we can um, dial back to an earlier age what we call the puppy love film, which Aww. is the first film you sort of ever loved. Mary Poppins. So okay. I had it on VHS and that was the film that I, 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 I've played so many times that, you know, the, the tape was wonky in the middle. Oh. And then I re I'll never forget, shame. Uh, E.T. came on open time one day. Yeah, yeah. And we, we, we didn't have D.T. We went open time. Yeah, yeah. And my mom videotaped it. She thought I'd really love E.T. Yeah. Um, and she taped over Mary Poppins. And I have never forgiven her. I've never watched E.T. And in fact, I've, ne I've had a lifelong boycott of Steven Spielberg. I'm like, I refuse. He ruined my childhood. But so I will not watch any of these Surely there films. wasn't the chance for your mom to just go out and buy it? No, bro. I mean, you know, you gotta, you got to act <laughs> fast. It's coming on. you got to run to the VHS. No, player, but I mean, like, she could, she could have gone out and bought you a copy. I think it was. It was kind of like she didn't realize it was going to be on, you know. So okay. she was like, oh, there we go. Hit play. Shame, hit record. Man. Yeah. Okay, so Mary Poppins, which yeah. also had a little more depth to it than people thought. It's Maybe. Like, Again, I've, I have tried watching it as an adult. I just can't get over Dick Van Dyke's terrible, terrible Cockney accent. Oh, lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. But you are now um, living in the UK. Huh? I am. Yeah, I moved okay. in January 2020 like a fool. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right. I had three weeks of normal time and then I got stuck in my house for two years and couldn't make friends. So oh, I don't shame. recommend moving I, in yeah, a pandemic. I, I became recently single after oh, uh, no. after a, a, a six-year relationship. I'm sorry. And I was like, as I'm ready to mingle, the world <laughs> shut down. Oh, it's like, no. fuck. I'm going to get back out there on my couch. <laughs> Done. Um, uh, and you've written a book about the move as well, right? I did, yeah. I think the kind of common thread is that I write about everything that terrifies me. And <laughs> moving was definitely one of the most horrifying experiences of my life. Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's difficult at the best of days. Yeah. So doing it in around a global pandemic yeah. is is also just as tough. Yeah, it I mean, makes I, it even tougher. Yeah, for sure. And it, like, I found it very healing. Um, it's mostly a how-to guide for people who are in the process of doing it. But it's interwoven with memoir, essentially. Like, and do you think it yeah. could apply to anyone moving anywhere, or is it specific? This one is quite specific to the UK. Uh, if okay. this one does well, we've been talking about maybe writing some other other ones for the other common but it, places. But at the end of the day, it was about your personal journey, which yeah. many people are doing or, yeah. or could find themselves doing. Yeah, totally. I mean, so the whole first quarter works. of the book is just about how do you make a decision like that? you know yeah. like it's an impossible decision it's not one that can be made with pros and cons lists and so that yeah. was really interesting talking about or thinking about how do you make big life choices in general yeah. it's kind of a really interesting thing to discuss um, yeah. was it just you me and my partner and okay. my cat okay. which was definitely the most that stressful it, part of the process sure. the cat the cat specifically yeah no animals crossing borders is fucking yeah, way too difficult than people think it is yeah did you hear that story about Johnny Depp going to Australia with his puppies and no. of course the, the Australians are such like such a nanny state yeah. but they wanted to set an example they're like just because you're Johnny Depp doesn't mean you can bring your dogs here and they made a whole stink about it oh, and they wow. charged him and they wanted to arrest him and all this oh, shit oh god no I didn't hear about this anyway wild but listen it was so lovely to, to connect and it was Thank so nice you. to meet you again and just chat and Thank you for all your support oh, for the Bioscope. Yeah, the fact that you come and watch. It's been such an it's such been, been such a kind of central part of my own life, specifically in my twenties when I was living in Joburg. It was you know movies have always been like a big part of my life, and but it, the Bioscope is a space you just put on such a good mix of local film, of like cheesy old films. It was yeah. just such a so many of my most joyful memories were there. So oh, thank you for well, thank I'm you so for what you do. I'm so honored that you were a part of that, and yeah. it was so great to host you for those workshops. Yeah. I know you probably changed a handful of people's lives <laughs> in those fun. workshops and of course any chance we can have in the future to have you launch a book at the cinema Dips. or do stuff Dips. it would be lovely yeah. to have you whenever you're in town oh thank you well i am actually now trying to work in uh, tv and film so maybe one day there'll be a premiere party that sounds lovely. now that we're no longer on strike yay Woo! no i heard about that yeah. now yeah Whew. it's exciting relief <laughs> lovely thank you and listen all the best for this book um, I'm, I've now got a copy that you've signed and yeah. I'm very excited to read it. It I looks does, amazing. I hope it doesn't give you nightmares. Okay. <laughs> Afterwards, we can talk about the, the film references, which will be very clear when you are finished. Lovely. Oh, Sam, thank you for your time. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. All right. How delightful. Oh, what a sweet lady. <laughs> what a sweet lady. Um, now, next up, we've got our good friend Rasty. And I realized coming into the video store this morning, I might have been told it, but I'm not sure I know what his real name is. <laughs> I've dealt with him for years. Um, uh, Rasty is a, a graffiti artist, effectively, um, but he does so much more. He's made the art of graffiti and he's made that kind of art um, his career. 
by by traveling and doing lots of amazing things as a as an artist with you know spray cans but um as i said so much more grayscale is a spot in bromfontein and in there they've also got their own tattoo parlor um which is probably where art can be the most commercial for someone like him so that's probably the main bread and butter where they do the most incredible tattoos but he's able to still live his dream and every day and and make art and i've always just appreciated him um we've done a number of things over the years which i'll get into and and talk talk to him about um as the bioscope and i just remember the first time i think i was at vitz and one of my friends who who was aware and knew of the scene um when they were doing some activations and they were doing art in the main common areas of vitz he just spoke of rasty so highly and he was like this guy is the best he's the best artist like street artist graffiti artist in the country and you could just see the detail in his art and so i've always just had this admiration for him and he's always just been able to bring people up and and keep a scene alive um which i really appreciated yeah i i, I love graffiti art it's there's there's something special about doing something that's almost larger than life yeah and it comes in waves for for me i mean i remember being at a certain age where i was like this is cool then you reach a certain age where you're like this is getting in the way and making things gritty and then you go back and you realize where it is important so it's lovely to kind of talk about those kinds of things with him and also just see where he's grown from that so i think let's get straight into it yeah cool this is rasty popping in to rent something How's it? Good, good. It's so nice to connect with you after a couple of years of not, you know, doing much with you and, yeah. and haven't been able to do much, but it's nice to connect again. Yeah, yeah, it's good to see you. Nice to run into you here of all places. How's, well. um, how's Comic-Con been for you? Comic-Con's been great, yeah. We've had like a, a really nice experience. We were here last year uh, with quite a big setup. And so this year again, doing the big graffiti mural. Um, outside Hall 7 and then uh, yeah we had our booth where a corner store where we're selling the kind of merch that we've been doing uh, just good response kind of good vibe yeah it's been a fun time yeah so have they commissioned you to do that graffiti wall so we have a partnership with them where we kind of we, we, we give them our, you know we trade our kind of uh, our speciality so painting the walls yeah. and stuff like that we bring that and then they provide us with space so it's a kind of an exchange as such yeah so we, we partner up with them um, as grayscale um, yeah. to kind of represent graffiti um, obviously you know last year they, they started with street con um, and it carried on to this year so they wanted some some good representation about of graffiti and the culture here so that yeah. was where we came in so we partnered with them in terms of yeah kind of representing the graffiti culture and, and, and that whole aspect yeah who gets to keep it or what's the life of the of the artwork once you finished so the mural itself that we've been doing it's we do it on these kind of masonite boards that we set up and it's a yeah. kind of structure that we set up and then we take it with us at the end and we keep them in storage and whenever we do another event or comic-con again then we bring them out and set them up again so it's it's a very transient artwork it only exists uh, for the four days yeah so okay. there's like we, we know that people see it as a bit of a tragedy, but we kind of know that from the beginning. And, and, I was about and to say, I think that's kind of been a lot of your life. Exactly. Graffiti. So, graffiti. Yeah. so let's just maybe just get into it for a moment. Graffiti has been your life. 
Yeah. And it's it's your income, it's your livelihood. It's not just a hobby. Yeah, exactly. It started a, that way and yeah. then it grew to, to a lot more. So so I've been painting graffiti for 24 years now. Um, yeah. And like I said, started as a hobby, uh, became a, 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 a profession and a career and then opened up many doors like into tattooing. And that's how I got into tattooing was through the connections that I'd made in graffiti and then that became a whole nother profession of mine. So it's, it's, it's what opened the doors to the art world as such for me, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, as graffiti artists, we're used to just, you know, we, we spend a lot of time on an artwork, especially if we're painting a big mural. We'll do it in the streets, we paint it, and then we leave. So we kind You're of- You're not precious about it. You yeah. can't be because of the, the, the fact that it's open to the elements. So, you know, you could, you could leave that day and someone could drive a car into it and smash it down, you know, so. Yeah. Um, and, and, and in South Africa, we're a bit more fortunate because uh, the, the art, the graffiti murals do have a longer lifespan. So usually if we've gotten a permission for a wall to paint it or found the wall that we paint a mural on, it usually has a long lifespan. Whereas in Europe, the, the, the kind of free area spaces to paint graffiti are quite limited. So yeah. you'll paint something and the very next day someone could come and paint over your artwork. So. And that could be the government or it could be another It could be another, another graffiti artist. artist. Yeah, exactly. Because there's a whole thing about it, right? Where like there's certain pieces you're allowed to do on top of another piece. Yeah, this like if kind it's a of single color, then you're allowed to do two on top. Yeah, or like, the general is rule is bigger and better. So if you like, okay. you know, it's, it's not cool if someone's painted on a wall and then you come and you paint your thing and half their thing is sticking out. Like, yeah. let's rather just cover the whole thing and then it's like it was never there. But And, and that's uh, somewhat okay. I mean, to... to so how do you feel about that? So it depends. So like in the South African situation, we you know there's there's a lot of wall space and it's very easy to get walls to paint. So in, if someone to come and paint over your wall, it's kind of it's frowned a upon. It's a bit more, yeah, it's a bit okay. more disrespectful. Whereas like I say in Europe, for instance, there's very limited uh, areas where you can just go paint freely. So everyone knows. Look, you're painting that today, and some tomorrow someone could come and paint it. Yeah. Also, there's a lot more of a kind of. Uh, traveling culture that you know people travel from country to country they're painting so in Europe I guess it's easier you yeah. hop on a train and yeah and here it's a very else. small scene everyone really knows each other and stuff have it's you been able to go overseas a lot to um, do some painting yeah, overseas I've been fortunate to travel a bit with graffiti I've been to London to paint some stuff um, and to Europe uh, to, to, to and Paris who's commissioning who's paying in those scenarios so yeah when I went to London it was through Nando's um, because oh, cool. they 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 you know obviously big supporters of South African art in general yeah. um, and at that point uh, it was when they were still kind of getting their foot in, in, in England and stuff and they were doing uh, artist workshops and they were using oh, cool. local London artists but then they took me over to kind of represent South Africa there um, otherwise we've done things where we, we painted at a big festival in Paris where it was the kind of Alliance Francaise and, and those kinds of uh, those uh, kinds of organizations, organizations that, that help us with that yeah um, I need to share uh, just our relationship in the past um, because I, I think it's safe to say you you're in many ways the sort of godfather of graffiti <laughs> at least in South Africa and so you naturally um, had the the correct impulse to host um, film screenings, yes, like graffiti yeah. film screenings, as part of a festival that you were putting on. Yes, City of Gold. City of Gold, yeah. Um, and so it was very cool to to have the Bioscope be a space for that. Yeah, and we did that for for many years. Um, you actually held a, a record for the longest time. Okay. I don't actually know whether it's really ever been beat. Really. Which was the most packed. Oh, show okay. we ever had. Oh wow, that's news to me. So yeah, I'm very think, happy to hear that. Uh, yeah. Knowing that you were going to uh, pop around to the booth to yeah. chat, I thought I'd mention it to that's you. That's awesome. Yeah, as good part to know. of one of the um, 
City of Gold festivals, yeah. we did a screening of Exit Through the Gift Shop. Yes, yeah, yeah. Which was, yeah. I don't know where that film lives today, but it mm. was the... It was it was a sort of a Banksy documentary. Yeah, it's kind of a mockumentary. Kind it's of, a mockumentary, yeah. but once you watch it, you realize it's actually not really about Banksy at, at all. all yeah. It's about th- th- that it's mimic that French guy. Yeah. Um, but it was one of those moments where, and I guess Banksy has done this worldwide, exactly. and I guess it's what you're trying to do mm. all the time, which is to take um, graffiti sort of out of its little community and bring it to the world. Yeah. And of course, this film did that so we had people that were in the graffiti community coming mm. as part of the festival but more people were interested in that film so yeah we were a 62 seater at the time in Mabuneng and I think we had well over 100 we had about 110 <laughs> Crabbed a bit, 120 yeah. people we were like you know what you're gonna sit on the floor and they yeah. were like I'm cool that's like, fine because yeah, yeah. it was also pre-streaming where these things weren't always yeah, available yeah yeah and it was it was kind of fresh at that time and, and also yeah, Mabuneng was of fresh at that time in a lot of Very ways much as so, well yeah yeah, um, yeah we, we we still want to do the festival again it's kind of been on pause i think we did oh, a couple takes of so much time and effort and yeah. The, yeah and the funding is really difficult but always but uh, we feel there's like graffiti's taking a kind of upsurge at the moment you know you take oh, these waves yeah okay so um, let's talk about it yeah what, what do you what what is this upsurge so I mean, it's it's like I say, it's kind of you know I mean, you know, hip hop is celebrating fifty years this year. You know, uh, I love how I love how one can it has an anniversary. Yeah, yeah exactly. That. And it's is a, it it's the, a specific date. The Sugar Hill Gang. Something to do. Yeah, I'm not. It's ex- that like. Uh, um, I think it even predates that. It even predates that. Even yeah, it even predates that. Okay, because yeah. a lot of people credit that song as being like the first hip hop song, yeah, and, and it was when that was released. And from what I, I mean, I, is I, that I, not the anniversary date? No, I'm not sure. I, I can't say for sure, but I do know that there is a lot of discrepancy about that song in general. In that okay. the lyrics are actually apparently stolen from someone else. Oh and yeah, shit! So okay, there's this really but, good documentary on Netflix. Uh, the, the something of hip hop. About a series one, it's a really good one to watch. That, okay, because that that, that's really actually what we're, the podcast is meant to be about. Okay, which yeah. is talking about. Okay, so yeah. I wanted to actually hear from you what, what, what sort of graffiti-related stuff you consume. But yeah. okay, so there's that. Yeah, so it's so, on Netflix. You say something to do with graffiti. So it's not actually. Unfortunately, I don't touch much on graffiti, but it's the history of hip hop. History from of like from, okay, cool. from and it's a super good super good one. It's done by by an MC, but it's not a super well-known guy. But he he's a, a uh, a very like kind of he's like a hip-hop academic you know and so he oh, goes yeah. way back and he goes each episode it starts with the roots of hip-hop and then each episode starts focusing on different elements is it ninth wonder no no it's called it's called the history of hip-hop but or something i mean the like guy that. the academic oh, oh i can't say for sure okay because yeah, there's a guy called ninth wonder yeah. who was a producer for mary j blige and a bunch okay. of other stuff it, it and he is teaching a course at like an uh, Ivy League school about, be, about yeah. um, hip-hop. And um, there's a documentary, and I forget its name, but yeah. we, we, um, we've had him at the Biosquid. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay, so history. Okay, so now that, that uh, hip-hop is celebrating this kind of anniversary, you feel that's sparked an interest again? Yeah, well, I mean, so, so, I mean graffiti is interesting in that it, 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 it's related to, to hip-hop as in it's the visual language of hip-hop, but at the same time it exists on its own. It's its yeah. own movement. It's its yeah. own thing. You know, it, uh, when it started, there was punks doing it. There were hip-hop heads doing it. There was a whole mix of people. So it's not specific to hip-hop. It's attached to hip-hop, but it exists without it as well, you know. Yeah. But obviously as kind of, you know, hip-hop, comes up and down in, 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 in popularity so does the visual language of it which is which is graffiti but I feel yeah. like 
I feel that it's at a point now where there's guys like Banksy, like we touched on earlier, and other very kind of other graffiti guys that have been doing it for a long time that have crossed over into a more fine art world and becoming collectible artists. Yeah. And that kind of brings with it a new respect for the art form. So, okay. you know, it, um, it's not such a big, it's not such a scary idea if your kid wants to be a graffiti artist or wants to try graffiti. And where, where do you see the difference between graffiti and street art? So, so, so the way we see it is kind of like street art is like graffiti's like younger sister or something, you know. So, oh, um, because every everything that street art artists do, they do because graffiti artists did it already. So we laid the foundation for that. The, the, the yeah, formula. Yeah, you're the, you're the c- cool older brother. Exactly. Yeah, even the older father that's kind of yeah, yeah. been through it all already and yeah. knows it all and like so so. You know, there's a there's a value to street art, and it, and it, it has a space. Unfortunately, what happens is that it becomes like the the kind of the clean, yeah, Commod- yeah, the, yeah clean, know. clean so, is a good term. So, yeah, yeah. So and and graffiti gets kind of pushed back as like yeah, the kind of dirty one, you know, and yeah. and the, the guys aren't they aren't paying respect to the graffiti roots because a lot of the guys that are known as street artists now the most successful ones are the ones that started as traditional graffiti artists and they've just evolved into into the art world I guess it's also a little bit like being a punk rock band and an underground cool punk rock band and then street art is like the sort of pop yeah, exactly. Princess, that, that came then, out of punk pop or whatever, yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. Like yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where you it's know. like you look the part and you're calling on the same things, but you you are more accessible. Yeah, and you, you are more um, allowed. Exactly. And, and it's like. And greeted into society. It's almost this okay. kind of safe media term. So a lot of the guys that were wanting to, graffiti artists that were wanting to cross over into the kind of the art world started calling themselves street artists and they would they would drop their graffiti name and use their their real name for instance you know uh, and then they kind of they kind of pushed back their graffiti roots and what's interesting now is that um graffiti itself the raw essence of graffiti is almost coming back and you're finding these guys that were that kind of pushed those roots behind them now trying to stay claim to it again like yeah yeah i used to do graffiti too you know oh, like, <laughs> now the clean cut image isn't good enough you need a bit of street cred you know so it's interesting how that's probably a bunch of things like as you said hip-hop but then also something perhaps this is a too much of a tangent but a guy like dave Grohl, mm. who obviously came from nirvana took his daughter to a billy eilish concert which yeah. is now recent let's call that the last five years yeah and he was like when i was at that show it felt like I was at a Nirvana show. Oh, uh, yeah. So people like her, Post Malone, are bringing back this kind of 90s grunge, grunge yeah. in a new way, Updated right? way, it's yeah, like this, yeah. It's this, the slacker culture we, of uh, we the see 90s it in the fashion, is coming yeah, back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this baggier sort of more look. And yeah. it makes sense that with that will come graffiti. Exactly, yeah. This kind of, so like I say, the visual another, language that's attached to yeah, it. That's yeah. another wind that's gusting it up. Okay, yeah. so you feel like it's it's making a bit of a comeback yeah i feel it is and it, it's becoming more acceptable and people are more interested in it and we're trying to kind of build on that now and and so i think it'll be a good time next year to try and get back on doing city of gold and uh, bringing back that festival and yeah and, and, it could be great um yeah and and and, and the, the, the the film screenings are a huge element of that because that's the kind of educational part of it where people can actually come and get yeah. some insight so I, I don't know if we showed it the one year but the other one that's a really good documentary is bomb it Yes. I'm sure we did show we it did the show one it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Bomb it's just a really good documentary because it, he, the guy goes around and covers the whole world, essentially. He came yeah. to South Africa, 
uh, but he's literally been over the world and, and, and seeks out the graffiti roots of each country and how it came to be and stuff. So that's also a really good one to watch Lovely, uh, from man. that perspective. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. What are you enjoying at the moment? Is there a film that you've... Um, or TV or what yeah, kind of stuff? Yeah, so, sure. I'm always like the worst because when I get put on the spot with these, I always forget what I've watched recently or, or what, what or was let's good. Maybe, let's maybe dial it back. we got yeah. one or two questions, which is basically we go through the life of the person we're chatting to. Okay, we, cool. We talk about the films that they've loved along the way. Yeah, yeah. And we've actually got about four or five different categories, but perhaps we don't have the time to get into too much of it. But we've got one called the High School Crush film, which yeah. is the film that you loved in high school. Yeah, so that's an easy one for me. Cool. Uh, that, Curious uh, to know what it is. Dazed and Confused. Okay, yeah. <laughs> we, we're screening that at the Bioscope. Oh, it's sick. Literally, I mean, that's, um, that's a classic. We've yeah. been doing it um, the last few Sundays as Classic Movie Sundays. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, I love so that, that movie. Yeah. Okay, so that is Richard Linklater. Okay. It is. Um, it was made in the 90s, but it's set in the 70s. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, uh, yeah. Early Ben Stoner Affleck. Stoner culture, yeah. Stoner culture. Matthew McConaughey is in it, yeah. That's, that's the famous, all right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. It yeah, comes from like, Dazed yeah, and it's Confused. Like, yeah, it's and like, it's kind of what we're talking about which although it's set in the 70s it, it, it that days and confused also helped build that kind of culture in the 90s which was that idea of the slacker the return to the grudge yeah, the the, grudge, yeah, yeah. The, and people are saying that you know the all the years of instagram now mm. showing you this perfect life yeah especially with social media really presenting this like rose-colored Glitty, yeah i'm so perfect life yeah that that they are foreseeing and we're really seeing it and mm -hmm. this is kind of what we're talking about now is this return to that authenticity yeah. which is what people have always gravitated towards with something like grunge yeah I hadn't actually thought about that but it makes sense yeah, grunge exactly. came after the big hair metal bands yeah, you know yeah, like yeah. Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses of that, yeah. and they're larger than life and they're in these tour buses and Stars. what about the what about the guys in the shitty little vans yeah you know? exactly um and and yeah, interesting. Okay, days and confused. Yeah. Um, what was the film you were perhaps too young to see when you when you saw it? Curious, probably too young. Like a horror. It probably freaked you out when it's, you were a kid. It's funny, like like <laughs> when I was a kid, like and we were renting videos at the video store, you know, the corner cafe yeah, and yeah. stuff. You used to go, you know, to the corner cafe, get slap chips, and then rent a video and w stuff. Where and did you grow up? In West Dean, like oh, West cool. Dean, Melville area, and there was this one specific corner cafe that had the, the whole movie uh, rental video part as well. Oh, cool. Um, and then, uh, but then also in Melville, there was uh, DVD gurus before that so DVD Gurus was great that, that was, was more a, art house yeah. it was art house and I, there's one movie in particular from there that I, I could talk let's about let's talk about like, that now um, so that's um, uh, Bad Boy Bubba oh shit uh, yeah. Bad Boy Bubby Bubby yeah 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 and then there's another one um, uh, so Bad Boy Bubby was insane that's a ground, um, that was like a very experimental groundbreaking film yeah, I haven't seen it but it, people like it's and that's almost one I was maybe even too young to see at that time I mean were, I, I loved it yeah, and it was yeah. great I was already maybe early 20s I think by but the time I think it's we, a yeah. shocker film that's yeah. made to shock people yeah, yeah, yeah. it's really interesting because there's no no bar like what's it oh, no oh, holds barred yeah, no yeah, holds barred, yeah. I always get that expression yeah. wrong too um, but then also another one I rented from there was um, yeah um, Baba Hotep have you ever watched that I think I've heard so about Baba it so Baba Hotep it's like so it's um, set in the old like this old age home somewhere in America and it's um, Elvis Presley never died Oh, shit. So Al okay. Elvis Presley, the, the, the thing is, Elvis Presley, at the height of his career, 
uh, found the best Elvis. He wanted out for a while. He wanted to chill out for six okay. months. So he, he found the best impersonator. Yeah. Signs his contract with the best impersonator that he wants to take a break for six months. This impersonator must do the tours and whatever. And at what point he wants to come back, he'll come back and they switch over. Yeah. He's chilling out in his camper van, like just taking it easy and it sets on fire and the contract burns. So he never gets to switch back. So, oh, he, yeah. Yeah. so then he ends up just being a regular dude. No one believes that he's Elvis because the Elvis impersonator carries on being it's Elvis. It's almost like a Black and that's Mirror the one, episode. Yeah, that's the one that dies as Elvis died, you know. Oh, so, so he lives on. Oh, what yeah. a cool premise. So he lives, that's the premise. So now he's in this old age home. And Why he's is stuck it called there. Bubba Hotep? So Bubba Hotep is this zombie this hillbilly zombie that comes out of the river of this old age okay. home. <laughs> it's out of this old age home and comes and feeds on the energy of the people of the old age home okay. uh, by sucking the life out so of their So all of a sudden we're now in a hole. zombie movie. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then he teams up with this black guy, old black guy, who claims he's JFK. And when he was assassinated, they filled his head with sandbags and turned oh. him black or whatever. And then they have Jesus to Christ. they have to battle Ho Baba Hotep, who's this. You know, oh my God, so, what a fucking it's, movie. It's, it's, just, it's not like, it's, I, I can't say who directed it, who yeah, wrote yeah, it or yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah, we'll look into but, it. But it's a great movie. Okay, uh, so that came at you at a certain time and yeah, you were like, I, yeah. I see the creativity of this. I yeah. see the bizarreness of it. Yeah. And okay. And uh, so some of these were fueling your own creativity. Yeah, I mean, I like, the, I like the surreal. I like the, the absurd. I, I enjoy the absurd a lot. So, but when it's done kind of, you know, when it's done cleverly. Yeah. Right? So, but yeah, I mean, I would say we used to rent videos at the Corner Cafe and we used to love horrors then, you know, like as okay. kids used to love horrors, watched all the originals, the it's, you know, the, yeah, yeah. all the child's plays because that's when they were coming out, early 90s and stuff. Yeah. Um, and now I can't stand it. I won't watch a horror movie. Like I, you cannot, all the homies at work, you watch them and they tell me, I'm just like, I, I can't like, I can't. dude, I couldn't get through, I couldn't get through two episodes of, um, of, uh, What's it? Uh, Breaking Bad. Oh, I mean, it was like too high intensity. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you've lived your life, bro. You've I, I, I tell people if, if I'm watching a movie and I feel like I'm driving into a roadblock, then it's like uh, that's not what I want to do. Like, Did you, <laughs> in your career, when you were perhaps doing less uh, commissioned and condoned work, yeah. were you were you fearing the police? Uh, yeah, I mean, we've done silly things, you know. Yeah. The, the, the rebellion is what attracts you to graffiti, I think, in the beginning, especially the guys that are meant to do it or the ones that, that will do it for the longest time, you know. So yeah. so even the ones that become very successful artists and collect in the art world, those are the ones that were doing that. They were going around at night and as, as young graffiti artists and, and, and bombing and tagging. And, you know, they've lived the culture. You know, I, I explain yeah. to people, like, you can't, um, you can't, you can't have one without the other. So, you know, people always yeah. say to me, I love the murals, I hate the tags. You know, and the important thing that I always oh, like to point out to people is that you can't have one without the other. So the tags became the murals. You know, it started as a seed, which is the tag, and it evolved into this thing and where it What do you mean by tag is like so just the seeing the, the signature, little, the squiggles, the signatures. Just the signatures that you see exactly, in places. Yeah, okay. and that's the essence of graffiti. That's how it started. And as a graffiti artist, you should really take the same process. So you need to be out there tagging. Some guys, you know, like myself, I did it for a few years, but my goal was always to take the artistic side of it seriously, and that's where I pushed it, and eventually I left the kind of illegal, running around late at night aspect behind. But other guys just stay on that, and, and you almost need that. Like, another graffiti of my friend of mine explained it once, where he was like, you, 
it needs to be obtainable or achievable. So as a kid, if you want to start graffiti and you're a young kid and you try paint a mural that I'm painting now, it's going to seem so unachievable for you because you're going to start, you're going to get so frustrated, you're going to sure. stop. So whereas if you're starting out tagging, you're doing a little bit of rebellious stuff, it, it grabs you and then it evolves from there and you take it further or you yeah. stop six months later, it just depends. Yeah. You know? yeah. So you started and you just never stopped. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's and like, look at you now. I mean, yeah. 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 As I said, the festivals, all the commission, you, you do tattoos yourself, right? Yeah. You yeah. give tattoos. So that's my full-time thing now is that I tattoo. That's, uh, and it's, yeah. a very, it's a very nice way to keep that creative yeah. drawing exactly yeah. alive and in a way that brings you money and they feed each other so you know I've, 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 I've delved into a lot of imagery and, and stuff through tattooing that's improved my graffiti and what I brought from the graffiti into tattooing has helped that helped me ident identify my own style and, and create my own identity within tattooing so Love. they kind of feed off each other you know um, but at the same time you know, tattooing was a way to a more, a more sustainable way going forward to, to get the bread and butter on the table, yeah. you know, rather than the graffiti commission stuff. Yeah, so. Yeah. It's lovely, man. Yeah. It's so nice to catch up, and it's I want to cool. go see your, your mural now. We've yeah. Got, we've got this fucking Nintendo stand next door to us, and they play this game, and it's, it's, it's what's creating such a big noise in the background. So it's, it's not the most practical way to chat, yeah. but it's a nice little intro to. It's been cool, and to, I'm going to uh, come on, on, on one of the Sundays and watch Days and Confused that we'll chat yeah, some more. Yeah, it's so cool. That'll be cool. But, Listen, man, thank you for the time. Thank you for popping around. Pleasure, yeah. And yeah, um, it'd be me. so cool to catch up again. And let's, let's do, hopefully we can do the fest again yeah. soon. Eh? Yeah, I'm definitely we'd, keen. We'd love to have you back. We're going to work on it for next year and we'll see how it goes, yeah. Okay, magic. Sick. Thank you, my guy. Thanks, man. Cheers. All right. What a good chat. Uh, it got a bit noisy at the end there. That <laughs> fucking Nintendo stand. Oh, my God. So we were uh, situated across from the giant Nintendo stand. And they had this interactive game where your phone could become this device and you had to sort of summon aliens. So they had these groups that were I've competing against each other and you had to go up, down, up, down. And the way in which you as a group had to move in unison helped uh, summon aliens or something. <laughs> Something that, along that those lines. That was part of it. Oh, my goodness. But, but, I mean, for four days to hear that, like, every 10, 15 minutes was, was a bit tough. But um, they got significantly quieter after the first day. I think the first day they weren't obviously sure how loud they could be. And I think someone must have complained because by day two um, they were a little more um, appropriately Yep. Shouting. The sounds of the game went down, but the sounds of them on the microphone kind of stayed the same. Sure, but listen, it's part of the charm. So thank you for tolerating these these the the noise of these interviews. But hopefully, what it does do is it just encapsulates just the excitement and the energy of these rooms, these convention rooms. So we were um, across from Nintendo, as we said. We had Red Bull to our right. We had Doritos to our left. We were in the gaming area, which was quite interesting too be yeah. positioned in um each hall kind of had its own charms um obviously gaming was this more interactive big stage where people could watch other people gaming and there were some tournaments right at the end when the doritos whoever won that final the final of the weekend's tournament there was pyro <laughs> like did you, you you went around for that no there was this like pyro that came you know like pyrotechnics and so there's oh no i was there it yeah was, it was quite yeah. like it was a whole thing eh? it was it was huge budgets 
Um, so a lot of money went into just our hall alone. We mapped out um, what that Nintendo stand was. And what, anywhere between half a million. Uh, it was close, yeah, close on a million. Uh, 750,000. Well, some, they might have got a discount. Something like that. But I mean, it just shows that there's this massive investment from companies to be at Comic-Con because, as we said, there's like 20,000 people a day. But um, let's get into the last one. So this was a nice surprising one, which I am uh, very grateful we recorded. And um, I'll get more into it afterwards. But um, just a great chat with a filmmaker. And we get to talk a bit about film, and like we do with all of them. But in this case, a bit more particular because he had a, a, a film on. And um, big loves to, yeah, to someone who was a listener was great to to meet him properly so this is walid al-yamani who yeah became a friend <laughs> within the space of of uh of 10 15 minutes and so i really appreciate walid it was great meeting him i hope yeah good luck for his film and of course he has someone we can work with more and more so i think uh as our last chat out of the four um let's get into it cool all right uh this is walid al-yamani Popping in to rent something. All right, how's it? Hey, what's your name? Walid M Al Yemeni. Walid. Yes, that's it. And you say you you listen to the show? Oh, dude, I'm I'm one of your biggest fans. Oh. I'm one of your biggest fans. If you probably go back into your Instagram, you're probably gonna see tons of likes from me. Uh, we appreciate you so much, dude. It's my pleasure. Wh you guys are doing the Lord's work. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what um, what have you enjoyed? from the show have, have we helped you figure out something to watch look it's not just about something to watch I think that the most important thing is is that all great art is about storytelling okay right and you know um, the, the thing that I enjoy so much about your show is is that it's the moment between moments where you're trying to you know sort of figure out who the person is that you have on your show you guys just said Bonko and like I said you know, I'm a big fan of Bonkos. We go way back. We're good friends. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, he's this huge star right now. Yeah. Um, and for me, it's I, I, I kind of want to know the sort of intricate details that I haven't discovered about him in 10 years. And, and those are the aspects of it that I think that you guys dig into. And the yeah. fact that you approach it very much from a point of view, which is it's not a puff piece, right? Yeah. It's a hang. Yeah. It's, it's all about the hang. And, and the angle is the films they've loved. That's it. And, and, you know, there can be another podcast that can ask them other sets of questions, but our questions are through the lens of film. And, and that's what we enjoy the most. And you can tell so much by, by listening to the types of films that people love. So, yes. we're going to play this game now. Oh, wait. Okay, because you already... Before we do that, yeah, yeah. the one thing that you guys remind me of is the Criterion Covered. Yes. Right. Yeah, like, yeah, that one. You're a fan? Yeah, yeah. Fan. yeah. And it's cool to see what people pick from that. So oh, behind me is a bunch of films. All right. So I'm curious to know if there's a film here that speaks to you that is um, a film you would rent. You know what? You guys don't make it easy. Because that, no. that top shelf is like bangers. All of them are bangers. <laughs> all and that's killer. what's amazing. So I'm going to go through all of them and I'm going to tell you which ones or the two that I pick, right? Okay. So you've got to pick one because you one. might get a prize. Oh, okay, cool. But allow me to tell you a little story about each one of them because we spoke about storytelling. <laughs> okay, cool. Right. So Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings, absolutely amazing. I think that if you're talking about um, the type of film that is not only a blockbuster, but essentially it's transcendent. Yeah, right, yeah. the original trilogy it's transcendent totally and it's because you're coming off the you're coming off Peter Jackson being an independent horror director totally right? some of his 
his earlier stuff is fucking weird. It's weird, dude. It's weird and it's crazy. It's it's like Turmer films. Yeah, yeah. Like early James Gunn type of stuff. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny how they all come from that really weird time. Yeah. I mean, they all come from that really weird um, school of thought. One hundred percent. But <laughs> okay. Okay. So the next one, right? The next one is a seminal film, Blade Runner, right? Cool. I'm gonna admit something to you. Yeah. You're not gonna like it. It's okay. I've watched Blade Runner a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. I still don't get it. It's I okay. Love it. I love everything about it. I love Rick Hauer. I love, you know, Tears in the Rain. Do you know that it's based moments. on a book? Uh, yes. Uh, Philip K. Do, Dick. Yes. Do Philip androids Dick. Dream, dream of, of Electric, electric Sheep? That's it. I love Philip K. Dick. I think he's a phenomenal writer. The thing for me is, I think that the type of film that Blade Runner is, is that it's seminal. It's not for its time, but it's such a, it's such a meta commentary. Yeah. that it takes so many watches and I can tell you what if there's nothing to do with the film that I don't get it because I want to make that clear there's everything to do with me oh. I don't think I'm ready for Blade Runner ah. <laughs> I don't think so no come come at it a bit later in life yeah, and see what it. see what happens that's it um, Next, did you did you like uh, yeah. 2049 2049 was easier for me yeah. it was easier I loved it but it was easier yeah, and I'm not yeah. saying that easy is good I know what you mean does it make sense yeah yeah and I think that because also uh, 2049 is very much again commenting on our time as much as Blade Runner was commenting on the time that it would, in which it was made so they're both timeless forms but I love how the the first one was set in 2019 I think really yeah wild eh <laughs> dude the first Blade Runner was dude. set in 2019 dude so I'm going to skip over the next okay. one because I think the next one is my choice okay right? let's do it. so Indiana Jones I love Indiana Jones my son I've shown him Indiana Jones all the first three movies when he was like four years old I've not watched did you like the new one because I feel like okay it's a return to oh, really? the old it's Indy not like Crystal like. Skull yeah, Even you'll though be, I don't you'll think be, Crystal Skull's all no, that bad. No, you'll be happy with it. Yeah, but with Crystal Skull used sort of weird... Well, I think that Crystal Skull is suffering from it. the fact that you're, uh, you're accessing Spielberg right where he's trying to do his existential phase. I think it's after AI, really. Yeah. Uh, Spielberg, what, what happens exactly. with them is, is that, uh, much like Villeneuve, much like Cameron, they're very much in the existential phase, which is, you know, when a person reaches a certain time in their life, particularly men, they stop being they stop being atheists that's and they stop being non-believers because they're like I'm gonna die soon. I hope that it's not just cut. Yeah, they because, stop because, being because atheists. Here's the thing: when you're in your twenties, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. For school, so you rebel against your father. You rebel against like the idea of yeah, the father. Yeah, yeah. You rebel against the idea of like. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, you fucking uh, look, thought about this. This is very much yeah, yeah. within within my, my my sort of wheelhouse because the thing is is that these are things that I think about and these are things that I interrogate as a filmmaker because I think about these things. Yeah. Okay, so you're a filmmaker. That's an important part to to talk about. And you've got a new film that you've just made called Verified. Verified. Okay. Is it going to be anywhere that people can access soon? Comic Con audience, because it's really a love letter to the Comic Con audience. I'm like a huge Comic Con geek. This is my first time at Comic Con, but like San Diego Comic Con was like something that saved my life in 2007 when my dad passed away. And that's what the film's really based on. It's based on this idea that. In great times, in times of uh, great depression, uh, there's the emergence of the Superman, and it's the Superman in, in all okay. of us. Right? It's this idea that uh, we have to become our own saviors. We have to reach across time. Our prime versions of ourselves have to reach across time and go like, "You can do this. You can do this. Pull yourself, pull yourself out of it." Oh wow! So you went, you went to no, no, no. Comic Con in San Diego. I used to watch panels in 2007. I was like, no big deal. In, like okay. I am now, I'm no no big deal. Yeah, this yeah. is me starting out, but. 
What it was is that when my dad passed away in 2006, um, I became a bit of a digital hermit. Uh, it's just because I'd lost like okay. three people that year. And uh, what it was for oh, me wow. was, um, this is what I'm talking about in terms of like this existential that we go through in our 20s. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had to numb myself and cauterize so many things in order for me to survive. Because losing so many close people to okay. me, I think it would have killed me. Had I just, had I just you know, succumbed to it. And what I did was, yeah. is what a lot of people do, right? Even in today, and this is why we made the film Verified, is, is that we numb ourselves with, whether it be with films that we love, whether it be with games, whether it be with comic books, whether it be with just content, TikToks. Yeah. And what it was and so for what me was, was, it, for it, you? It, was it was twofold, right? It was weird because the hope of watching a future film like The Dark Knight, which was coming out in 2008, which I followed like closely. I mean, I was a fanatic about it. Yeah. Every single bit of information, Heath yeah. Ledger skateboarding onto set was one of the first things that I saw. Yeah. And I held onto that hope, yeah, which yeah. was if I can just survive long enough for that movie to release, I can make it. Interesting, yeah. So your mental health was hanging my life, on by and here's such the crazy a thread. Thing. You, know, you know what's crazy, man? Yeah. Um, I think it's early 2008, I'm not mistaken, Heath passes away, right? I just came yeah. back from watching a movie. That doesn't I just help. came back from like getting my medicine. I walk into the house, turn on the news, yeah. and I see this body bag coming out of, yeah, the, shit. Coming out of the, the apartment, yeah. right? And I can't tell you what my selfish thought yeah. was. Is the movie going to be okay? Yeah. Because I was hinging. Hectic. Yeah. Like, please, yeah, I've yeah. been hoping for yeah. so long that this movie is going to save my life. Like, if I make it there, that I didn't yeah. want the film to get cancelled. And it was such a selfish thought. But but then... Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, Heath's death... Yeah, it was amazing. Reminded me of, made, of my Kind dad. of made the film. Reminded me of my grandmother passing. Oh, okay. Right? Which was all in the same three months of each other. Yeah. So I didn't have this, like I didn't have this, wow. uh, this moment just to come up for air. And here's the thing, I'll tell you this, man. Yeah. Best cinematic experience of my life, Dark Knight. Not, and and because yeah. what it was is that it was transcendent. I sat in, I sat in a yeah. packed theater where people, you know, jumped to their, jumped to their feet when that truck flipped over and Batman goes up the wall and lands. And I was just like, this is what it's about. Yeah. This is why I have to be a filmmaker. Yeah. I have to, I have to heal people, right? But you said, you, lovely. So, but you said Comic-Con so, saved your life. So, look, specifically. I know that the Dark Knight didn't mean? have a panel at San Diego Comic-Con leading up to it. But what it was is that there were two films particularly. There was a Terminator Salvation that was made by Mac G. And they had this okay. great panel. Yeah, and yeah. I was actually watching the so, panels. So you were watching the panels yeah. It was the only way, that, it was the only the way panels, that I could meet panels. my kindred spirits, which I felt were across the void. Right, that, that, that thing that I spoke about, which okay. is like this chasm which you have to reach across. Yeah. I was looking at them and I was like, yeah. someone saved me. And that's why we made Verified, because really the idea was you have to save yourself. You have to. Yeah. It's entirely, yeah, look, no, no, it's entirely films, up to you. Films are in a... No one on else is going to do it. A, 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 <laughs> Oh my God, I can't say this word. Uh, films give you reprieve. The, when you're going through a tough yeah. time, right? A film can save your I life, agree. not because the film's like magical yeah. and it's going to be like, hey, listen. But a film can let you know that everything's going to be okay. And the way that it does that is that for two hours or three hours, you sit there. And the beautiful thing about it is that you come out different than when you went in. Yeah. That's what we say. Probably. Did you Probably. get that from us? <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I say on the podcast all the time. Leon Fanirop. Um, yeah. That's his yeah. measure. 
the film critic. Do you come out of it a different person? Are you happier? Are you sad? Yeah. Are you emotional? Are you the, horny? The currency are you, of whatever. Is whether you're moved. And and that's 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 the measure. Is 100%. did it change and who that, you were? But that's what it is. Is that and, oh, and like there's this whole big discussion online about what cinema is, right? All modern Scorsese is like MCU's are not cinema. And yeah, yeah, yeah. The adventure and look, I think rides. That what of, it is, yeah. yeah, you said they're theme the parks, roller right? coasters. What did you say? And I think they're theme that, parks. Look, that's it. I think that look, it's a it's a bit of an unfair, but look, Scorsese, he's a master, and you can't touch him. But also at the same time, I think he's also a product of his era. Sure. For somebody out there, somebody out there watches sure. Guardians of the Galaxy yeah, yeah. and listens to the line, Peter, give me your hand, and it saved them. At least for me, because my dad died of cancer, right? Yeah. And that particular scene for me, it moved. Okay. And I'm like, that's an MCU movie that moved. Yeah. I'm not going to be like. Not going to turn up my yeah. nose and be like, oh, no, it's, no, it's, look, and it's a silly, that's silly the point. It's a silly discussion because the thing is, is that what moves you? Dude, it could be a TikTok video. Yeah, exactly. And, and could you argue that that's cinema? Maybe, totally. maybe, maybe that, yeah, that person you point. just watched on TikTok in 10 years, five years is going to be debuting a movie at Comic Con. Yeah. Well, look at Talk to Me. Yeah. Talk to Me is a horror that was made in Australia Amazing. by I, YouTube. I heard of it. Thank you for that reference. <laughs> Okay, Tell so that's something we're talking about at the moment because we went to the premiere. It's no, you should watch it. Yeah. It's it's in cinemas right now, and it is a cool indie horror made Amazing. by Australian TikTokers. Not TikTokers, okay. YouTube. See, you see what I did okay, there? Okay, but let's pick your film. What was it? We went off at a tangent. Just <laughs> <laughs> so I can get out of this game. Okay, <laughs> no, I'm joking. Okay. No, no, no. I, I, it's not okay. so much the game. Okay. Let's so, just see so, which, so which is the your thing. film. We're, the biggest problem the that I have, sir. No, the, the, the biggest problem Hot that I have, sir. Is, is that this is the hardest question for me to answer. I love all films. Okay. Go. Oh, no. But it's just, okay, based go. on what we've got behind focus. me, focus. what would you okay, rent? Cool. What would I rent? All right, I'm going to... I'm gonna, What am I in the mood for right now? What are you in the mood for now? Let me just look behind you a quick sec. Let me just look behind you a quick sec. But what I'm going to go for is... is it's, it's between... Shit from the hip, baby. Airheads and hackers. Ooh. That's okay, it. let's do hackers. Uh, sure. Sure. Well, I was leaning towards airheads. Okay, no, let's go back to airheads. Okay, we haven't got anything yet. Okay. W what does it say about you that you like airheads? Okay, cool. So here's the crazy thing. The, ba right? the band's going to make it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Look, I made this film with my friends. We're, we're like a garage band, right? Yeah. This, this is who we are. And, and really, I've always loved Adam Sandler's approach to filmmaking. Which is, is like he makes films with his friends. Yeah, and, and they're always go, in tropical locations. Oh, perfect. Yeah, it's like a vacation, right? But what I love about it is, is that he can go and do Grown Ups like two. Yeah. And he can do Uncut Gems. Yeah. Right? Okay, and, it's a range. Range. And, and isn't that what cinema is about, right? Isn't it about like, you know, sort of making a film where essentially you have um, a flask that doubles as everything. And then yeah. also you're smuggling this weird, you know, gem from like the East of Africa with the Safdie Brothers. And that's, that's the beautiful thing about cinema for me. And here's the crazy thing. About three months ago, Rob Zombie tweeted out um, Airheads, a picture of Airheads, which had Brendan Fraser, yeah. uh, Steve Buscemi, and Adam Sandler, yeah. uh, you know, standing together in like a behind the scenes photo. Yeah. And the title of that particular photo was Verify. Ah, uh, interesting. Did you see, yeah, I was yeah. moved by a photo and that's why I chose that. And here's that's, the crazy thing. So yeah. I haven't watched it. I haven't watched Airheads. You that's, haven't seen Airheads. That's why I would rent it. That's why you should watch it. That's so why I would rent it's super, it. Okay, so why I said the band's going to make it. They're in a band, and the whole premise of the movie, this is what we call the back of the box, is uh, they hijack a radio station. 
they like ho hold a radio station hostage so that they can play their band song. Oh, amazing! That sounds okay. like right up my alley. That's so something I, I, I would do. I'm gonna say that if you like Airheads, then you've got. Yeah, the band's gonna make it. It's 100%. like, it's like what, what your creative product is, you'll do anything for your creative product. Yeah, and look, this is the thing. I think that I always think of myself as a bit of a proto Adam Sandler. I do look like a love child between Vin Diesel, Adam Sandler, and David Blaine. It's crazy. Oh, I'm seeing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're seeing it, right? It's like they had an orgy and this is what happened. Um, and I always think, you know, uh, Steve Buscemi, I love him to bits and I always compare my wife and producer to him because she's, uh, she's absolutely beautiful, but she she is kind of like crazy eyes from mr deeds ah! you know she's always just looking at a squirrel in the corner uh, of her eyes and look brendan fraser has to be uh the star of verified which is richard gow he's a phenom um richard, richard if you listen to this i love you and i just want okay. you to know that you're going to be the biggest thing ever and he is this is this is who's in your film this is who's in my film look the film stars richard gow andrew satole uh gerard rudolph it's got ashish uh uh, so it's got like the who's who of uh, uh, South African names. I wanted to get Bonko in there. Bonko, if you're out there, there's still a chance we could still make it. Remember I, do, me? I do have a role for you that I've been holding on to you for, for a long time. It's small, but there's no such thing as small roles. There's only such thing as small actors, and you're not a small actor. Yeah. Free play. <laughs> Lovely. There but I've written now uh, inside the Airheads box, I've written, you'll do anything for your creative project, which I think is true. You want to make me cry, don't you? Hey. Listen, man, thank you for being on the show. Dude, it's my absolute pleasure. What a like nice I chat. I really appreciate the depth of it. Here thank we you. are in the middle of this chaotic comic conference and we're talking about death and mental health and yeah. save, saving yourself. But I isn't that cinema? It. I isn't, love that. Isn't that cinema? Right in the center of the tornado, it's the reprieve that we get. Uh, it's the thing that everything's going to be okay. One of my favorite um, uh, uh, video game developers, funny enough, uh, said this, you know, he wanted to be a filmmaker and uh, he changed my life ultimately as well. Um, it was Hideo Kojima, okay. um, the developer of Metal Gear Solid, Death Stranding, and yeah. he said a film can save your life. Uh, and I truly believe that. That's it. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. All right, what a nice chat with Walid. I think it uh, kind of epitomized what makes these cons special for many people, and I think it was it was quite cool to 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 get as deep and as vulnerable as we did Oops. in the space of ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, funny enough, he was the first person we recorded. Um, at this point, we hadn't figured out exactly how we were going to do a Comic-Con episode, if we were going to do a Comic-Con episode, what it would look like, how many people, who would be included. And um, it was just so cool how he was a filmmaker. He had something at the con and he said he's been listening to the show and he's a listener. And I was like, okay, my gut was just like, go record, um, meet this guy. And... Um, after that recording, I actually realized, like, okay, this is, we're going to have ourselves an episode here, which is cool. 
Yeah. No, we met some really, really cool people over the four days. Yeah. So once again, thank you, everyone, especially the, the new folk we've met um, this past week. We hope to have you stick around and, and be a part of the video store family, a customer who comes in every week to rent something and figure out what you can watch and, and just hang out because, you know, we we really enjoyed meeting you and we really enjoyed hanging out and you, you're good people and you can buy a contract <laughs> <laughs> one of those cards where yeah you, you you're in for about 10 movies i remember at, at the video spot i had the most expensive contract and it oh, worked yeah. out to like seven random movie or something yeah it works out cheaper right um <laughs> cool so let's just have a quick little chat welcome to the cash up this is the end of the day now we've had ourselves a very busy day here at the video store with, with lots of interesting people popping in. And here's a chance for myself and Gad to just talk a little bit of shit end of the day while we do the cash up. Um, what are you enjoying, Gaddy? Yeah, so I'm quite excited about those Wes Anderson shorts mm. on Netflix. They've been in the talks for ages and they finally all came out they kind of just snuck up on us we knew henry sugar was coming yeah and then the other three actually had no idea until they all just popped up yeah so this is roald dahl who most people know and love as a kid's author to be honest like the the majority like the world um but he of course had a very huge illustrious career as an adult book writer um and if your knowledge of his childhood literature is anything to go by you could understand how kind of kooky and weird and how dark his adult stuff might be right yeah so he started off he was in the air force and a lot of his early short stories were about the air force oh, okay yeah and he coined the term gremlin it was like something on an airplane that was wrecking the, the airplane what something Something some, something mechanical. So there was a gremlin on the airplane and it was like ripping machinery parts out of the plane while the plane was in the air. Oh, that was from a, a book that he wrote and he, was, and he coined that term. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. At what point in his career did he start doing the kid stuff? I, I think, well, he wrote a few short stories and then the kid stuff only after he got, had children. So it was a little later on. Okay. Yeah, yeah, most famous of which was Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Matilda, B Matilda, BFG, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Fantastic Mr. Fox, of course. And so that was Wes Anderson's first meeting and dealing with Roald Dahl was when Wes Anderson did Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah, which so, was great. Hmm. I always loved that. That's movie. actually my favorite Wes Anderson movie. Yeah, and it was the first of his kind of stop motion stuff. Yeah. Um, and so now Wes Anderson has 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 released, I guess, these these four short films. So Netflix paid a lot of money for the rights for all the Roald Dahl stories. Is Roald Dahl still alive? No, no. So his daughter Sophie Dahl handles the... It's a strange name, eh? Roald. 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 <laughs> um, okay. And so these are the adult books that have now been adapted. And the first one that's come out is called... The magical, the, the wonderful story of Henry Sugar. The wonderful story of Henry Sugar, and it's got old Benedict Cumberbatch, and of course Wes Anderson is always able to get a lovely ensemble of very famous people in his movies. I'm surprised it's taken so long to get Richard Iodi in a Wes Anderson movie. Mm. Yeah, he's very kooky and an offbeat in the way in which every Wes Anderson movie ever is. 
he directed Submarine, yes. which feels like a Wes Anderson movie in a way. So I've never seen Submarine. When the year that we went to Cannes, I was obviously exposed to a whole bunch of movies. I was 2011, and Submarine was was the little darling gem of that year. It was a very sweet movie. And Richard Iodi is a great... Um, From RT Crowd. Yeah, he's his... more of an actor and a t- television personality. But that's cool that he, he made that movie, which was like a bit of a love story about these two kids, hey? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so what have you seen so far? Just I've just watched Henry Sugar. And what did you think of it? It's great. It's it's like <laughs> Wes Anderson at 1.5 speed. So it's... it's Sped up. You yeah. feel like it was fast. Okay. Uh, it could have been a feature-length movie. <laughs> yeah, because this one is about 45 minutes, eh? Yeah. And then the other ones are shorter. They're 17 minutes. But, I mean, that's quite something to condense a whole book into 17 minutes. Well, it wasn't a whole book. It was part of a book of short stories, but it was... About three quarters of the book, and then there were three short stories oh, kind of okay. tacked along. So it wasn't okay. like um, My Uncle Oswald was a full novel. It was okay. definitely wasn't a full novel. Okay. But have you read Roald Dahl's adult stuff? I've read everything, yeah. And what is it like? It's fantastic. It's like, it's weird, it's, especially knowing coming from reading his kid stuff, you're like, this guy's dirty. Yeah. Especially my uncle Oswald, it's like sexual and like the characters are like... Depraved? I mean, is it depressing? It's not depressing. Definitely depraved is a better word. Okay. But it's just like the underbelly of society and like the scum of the earth that he kind of talks about. Interesting. Yeah. Because I remember seeing some little feature with him where he goes and writes out in his like little outhouse in his house. So in his garden every day, he walks out into this little room, this little hut that he has in the back of his garden and he makes his tea. It's all very British. Makes his tea and he's got what looks like a, a writing pad, like a desk, a big writing desk, like you would imagine a, a comic book artist has. Yeah. And he's got these uh, paper and he's got pencils and he sits and writes. No, they kind of they kind of talk, they introduce it right at the beginning. Literally, uh, Sugar, yeah. I haven't seen Henry Sugar, but the first few minutes that I peered in quickly just to have a quick squeeze, it, it, Ralph Fiennes is kind of playing Roald Dahl, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, lovely. Myself and Cole, uh, did you join for um, Past Lives? I, I, I oh, saw it. I saw it already. You, you saw it already. Okay. Oh, you, you, you snuck it on the, on the high seas. Yeah. But um, myself, Cole and Graham went to go watch Past Lives which is a delightful film. It's a smaller... It's unassuming. Very unassuming. And we, we, we got to the um, the premiere of it. And and that is in cinemas. Yeah, definitely, definitely worth seeing. Um, very, yeah, very small, unassuming, as you said. It's a, it's a, it's effectively a Korean film. Um, they tell this incredible story of um, a, a woman who had this sort of childhood sweetheart so to speak, uh, back in Korea, and then she moves to America. Well, she moves to Canada first. She moves to Canada. Um, and then... And then in, once she's settled in New York many years later, this this sort of childhood sweetheart, which was sort of like the love she um, could have had, comes back into her life. Through Facebook. It's, it's so fascinating seeing Facebook as it started. Yeah, and they, and they connect, and then... Many, I don't want to give too much away, but it, it's really about the the intricacies of love and how you could 
think about all the things that could have been, but you have your life now and you love it. But, you know, it's complex. Love is complex. Nostalgia is complex. Like what part of you still exists from the version of you that was a young kid? You know, you could argue so much, but you could argue so little. And so it was really quite subtle in that way. So past lives... Um, I think is going to be touted as one of the Oscar films of next year. I mean, it'll definitely get a Best Foreign Film. Yeah. Very, very good chance, actor and actress. And I think what I, what I loved the most about it is because it was a a Korean film and it was, you know, love, you could argue, is happening all around the world, whether you're up in the mountain in a rainforest or whether you're in a big major city speaking English, love is love. But Korea... And a lot of Asian philosophy and way of thinking, you know, talks a lot about reincarnation. And so it was really interesting to compare a romantic film made in Korea against a romantic film in America. And of course, parts of this film was shot in America. So you could feel, you could constantly feel the difference between a Korean culture and a Korean love as opposed to an American love, which she was experiencing with her current husband. Juxtaposed against this Korean boyfriend or this Korean love, and they spoke about reincarnation and in another life and having these different lives. And I just loved the fact that you wouldn't typically have seen a film speaking in that way if you are only watching American romance content or Western romance films. Yeah. And so I just love the fact that you, it felt like you were dialed into a different radio station. You were watching something different. Yeah, it's like two things at once, and it was, it was magic. It was yeah. so, so Past Lives is out in cinemas now, and it's one of those subtle, smaller films that might fly under your radar. And, and I'm really grateful for the job we have now where we get invited to these films, and we get to see these films that we might not have typically normally seen. So, so yeah, go check that out. Um, and then, yeah, we've got these Wes Anderson shorts, which is a nice little present, which is over on Netflix. And um, also on Amazon, there's a spin-off of The Boys. That ah, one. I love The Boys. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's insane. It's just like... What is that called? It's called Gen V. Gen V. So it's about the up-and-coming students, almost, uh, the kids who have just been given these powers and are learning how to harness them. Okay, so The Boys over on Amazon Prime is this fun, very kind of raunchy take on what it would be like if superheroes really existed and the kind of corruption, narcissism, um, <laughs> complete abuse of power. It's, it's, almost, it's almost like a spoof. It's on, a spoof on it, on, on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um and DC sort of all put in one. Yeah, but beyond what Deadpool does, it's it's a bit more realistic. Yeah, and it's the, 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 the crazy realism of what it would be like if these people had these powers in society. Um, and it's, yeah, a couple of seasons in. It's yeah, quite raunchy, quite crazy, where you'll see things that you never thought you'd see. <laughs> and, of course, now in this universe, they've created a spin-off show which is also on Amazon Prime. Yeah, so it comes directly from one of the storylines in the original comic that the boys is based yeah, on. Yeah, it was based on comics. Okay, lovely. And there's three episodes out. Okay. Um, I watched a film last night that I really loved. It's called Flora and Son. 
It's okay. on um, Apple TV Plus. So it's an Apple TV Plus film. You can see a lot of production companies were involved. So it's a smaller indie film set in Ireland. And it's about a, a woman effectively connecting to her young son. She had him very young. So she's still, you know, in her 20s, maybe early 30s, still trying to figure her life out in a sort of poor working class Dublin. And um, she is trying to get her son on the right track. She originally thinks um, he could take um, guitar lessons. So she buys this guitar. But then she takes up the guitar lessons because the son's not interested. And she forms this incredible connection with the guitar teacher who's over on the other side of the world in L.A. played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And they, and they, and she finds some magic in life, some purpose in her living. She kind of falls in love with him. It's it's, it's this beautiful kind of emotional connection. Another long distance. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting that it's kind of similar to past lives in that sense, but it's, it's less, I think this is what's smart about movies today is that it's less about like, and they get the girl or, and they live happily ever after. It's not about that anymore. It's about the the journeys along the way and the complexities of these kinds of relationships. And it's not the simple like, and they came and it was done. You know, it's like yeah. it doesn't end like that. It's not, it's not about the romance. At the end of the day, it was about her and her son connecting over music. It's a great film. Flora and Son. I'm definitely checking that out. Yeah. Lekker, Gaddy. I think we've had a lovely day here. Yeah. I think we've met a lot of interesting people and we recorded these great chats. Thank you for tolerating the busyness of the of the noise. <laughs> I know, it's just funny. When it got the busiest, that's when I was enjoying it the most. But yeah, also just to thank you, the listener, for for um for putting up with the, the noisy um interviews, but they, they work just fine. I mean it, it's it's all part of the fun and the and the madness of, of Comic Con. Pretend you were there with us. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, thank you, Gaddy. Thank you for your time. I appreciated you joining us at the Such store. It's a pleasure. I got to meet Anthony Daniels, which was an absolute dream. Yeah. C3PO himself. No, yeah, exactly. And um, and yeah, and Cole as well, who's the other um, chap who works here at the video store. He also put in a lot of good effort. So um, once again, thank you for, for listening and thank you for coming past the store and engaging with us. And to all our other listeners, I hope you appreciated our episode. And we will see you again next week. We've got the most incredible guests coming up. We've banked some of the most fun and moving, in some cases, um, episodes and chats we've ever had. So I think we're only getting better and better from here. So we hope to see you again next week. All right. Uh, We are The Video Store. And you can use the home base, thevideostore.co.za. Over there, you can chime in on all our social media please tell us what you're thinking what your opinions are whether there's something we're not talking about um the films you've loved and enjoyed along the way all right thank you gary thanks rusky all right we'll see you again next week cheers bye